Welcome to Building Teams with Teams & Co, where we explore how leaders can empower their teams, achieve ambitious strategies, and deliver an exceptional customer experience. Views expressed by guests are their own and may not reflect the views of Teams & Co. Welcome to this week's episode of Building Teams with Teams & Co. Mike and I are excited to be back, and this week we're welcoming Scott Rudder, a trusted advisor in our community. We're really excited about this episode because Scott has an extensive network, and we're going to have a great conversation around how do you build your formal teams, but also those informal teams that support you and your business as you're growing. So, hey, Scott, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you so much. It's so great to be here. It's great to see you, Scott. Yes. And Mike, real quick, has anybody ever told you you look like Bradley Cooper? You know, I've heard that a couple times and I will take it. Um, he's a much better looking person than I am, but I will, uh, I'll take the compliment. So um, pr- appreciate that, Scott. Well, let's uh, let's hop in. Scott, I'm so excited to, to talk with you today. Uh, we were talking a little bit before the show and, you know, we were talking about uh, stuff outside of work from your bungee jumping adventures to uh, our shared love of sports, go Broncos. Um, but I really want to to dig into really the, the main topic of this conversation, which I, I know that you and Tracy have, have known each other for a while, um, but want to talk about some of the, the ways that you've been able to develop relationships. We were talking again before the show just about intentionality. And your thought on building not just transactional relationships, but really fostering genuine human relationships with people in your professional network and and then in your personal life as well. So I yeah. uh, would love to hear sort of your experience in and your thoughts on building those sorts of relationships. So, Mike, great question. Um, you know, for me, it's a big part of my why. Um, I just love people. Um, it feels great to deliver value. And, you know, when you're meeting people, it's how can I help serve others? How can I help serve you? So I call that, you know, servant heartedness. And then also um, I hear I call that um, giver's game. Because mm. when you do right by people and you put out that goodwill, it always tends to come back tenfold. And that's not why I do it. That's not why we do it. But if you do it the right way in an authentic, caring, genuine approach way, like I said, life's been pretty good for me. Scott, that's awesome. Maybe you could share a little bit with our, I know from our, from our, uh, you know, we've known each other about three years. And so from our history, I know that you've had a varied um, and really exciting career. Uh, you've lived in a lot of different places. You've held a lot of different roles, worked across industries. So maybe you could share a little bit about that with our listeners and, and how that's helped you kind of build relationships over, over the years. Yeah, sure. Um, as you mentioned, definitely had a lot of career transition over the course of the last, I'd say, five years after spending 10 years in, you know, one one uh, company and one industry. Um, you know, it's all made sense from a trajectory standpoint, but it's really opened up and expanded the way, um, you know, I network, I communicate with people from both the leadership aspect and, uh, you know, knowing how to meet people where they are and articulate different styles so, you know, from banking to insurance to, you know, helping a startup, you know, scale um, and then also having my own brands on the side. Um, it's just it's it's been a wild, a wild ride for sure. So and I guess, you know, being in all those different fields, it's allowed me an opportunity to meet all kinds of different people. So I have a very wide, diverse network. Um, which has come to help a lot of the people that I interact with meet and, and people like yourself, where we've had now a three-year relationship, 
you know, you and I have kept a pulse on one another and, and we've monitored that. And, you know, we continue to both see how we can best serve one another. So. Yeah. What advice would you give to some of our listeners, Scott, who have heard this term networking and, and are trying to get out and, and network with many different people? What advice would you would you give maybe to that person who is trying to build relationships um, in a world that seems to value really a lot of transactional relationships? I'll, I'll help you if you can help me sort, sort of thing. What, what advice would you give? Sure. Well, I think you hit the nail on that. First of all, don't ever be in a tit for tat mindset is what I call that. You know, don't do for others to expect to receive. If it comes back, which, you know, oftentimes it will, most of the time it won't, um, but do it for the right reason. So my best advice would be don't network what you do, network who you are, because I really think it comes down to the like, no trust aspect. I know that's the way I do business. Um, you could be the most skilled um, professional in the world. But if I don't like you, know you and trust you, you know, that's, I think a lot of people get it wrong because they're like, hey, I do insurance or I'm a financial advisor or, you know, I'm a business broker. But, you know, it's kind of like, hi, can, you know, where are you from? You know, and, and, and all the personal things that, that kind of come out first. That's great. I think that's a good segue also into like business leaders and how they treat their customers and how they deliver value to their customers, right? So on an individual basis, as you're growing your company, you might be out there networking and building relationships, getting to know other business leaders in the community. But it's also a great lesson in terms of, you know, really putting your customer at the center of your organization and, and getting to know them. So, you know, as you've moved around in different industries and built your experience, how have you connected with customers? How do you kind of start that quote unquote customer discovery where you get to know what's what's important to them? How can you deliver value? What's that process like for you? Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, so first of all, I call it client-centric approach. So when I think one of the things that has really helped me is number one, live in all the different places that I have, but also from a lesson that my grandfather instilled at me at a very young age, which is from bum to billionaire, you treat everybody the same way. Hmm. So, and that goes a real long, long way. I know recently um, I had an encounter with um, a realtor who had sent business to a mortgage lender and on the $500,000 loan, it was a really seamless, you know, great client experience. But then he had shared with me on like a $300,000 loan, the client, you know, felt slated in a sense, right? Was mm -hmm. not given that same experience. So I think that's the best advice to give the listeners out there is definitely treat everybody the same. So consistency. But, you know, really it comes down to what's one's love language. And for everybody, it's different, whether you're leading teams um, or you're, you know, working with clients, there's different pain points. So really getting to kind of understand, you know, um, where you can best not sell them, but what's the solution. And so take, for example, banking. So the bank I work for, the first bank, they're not, they were not acquisition focused, but it was all about deepening of client relationships. So I had to train my team on what cues and clues to look out for, but also how to have, you know, conversations with everybody. Again, it goes down to the bum to billionaire. I know for me, prior to me working at a bank, you know, maybe it's because of the balance that I held in my account. I never really had a banker try and sideline me into their office or explain all the features and benefits and ways that banks can help people, you know, and, and specifically like home equity line, you know, we had plenty of equity, but I didn't even really understand what a home equity line was. Um, and then, you know, also financial, um, you know, I have a wealth advisor outside of the bank, but had I known that there was one available within the bank, they could have maybe had that business. So it's really what I call mile wide, mile deep. 
So that's one example um, as it relates to, to banking um, insurance. Um, you know, just being somebody's risk advisor, being a, able to articulate and, and do the things that no other insurance person has ever done, um, you know, because we don't know our options unless we know our options, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the things I, I you know, I've, I've seen in action from you over the years, Scott, is, you know, and again, we talk about these, you know, we all have our formal teams with inside our, you know, within our organizations, but this informal team outside you know, what strikes me as one of your strengths is that you do a really good job at connecting people, right? So as a small business owner, they may come to you for advice about insurance, but you're also able to connect them to other people who have really great expertise. So they may need somebody with, you know, operations support or, you know, maintenance support. And and you seem to kind of have a, a wide range of contacts that you can help your clients find additional services and additional support, even if you can't provide them. And so, how do you kind of manage being that kind of trusted advisor, that informal team and, and supporting people kind of beyond maybe your scope and recommending them to other people? So while you're not directly supporting the solution, you're, you know, you're indirectly giving them an option to be able to find the solution that they need. Yeah, definitely. I, I almost would call that, you know, project management or, you know, kind of uh, air traffic controlling, right? You know, once you've earned the trust of people. Um, I've been very blessed and fortunate to surround myself with people much better than I, than myself. Um, you know, I've got one hell of a tribe, um, as you just mentioned. So, you know, different personalities work with different people. So, you know, take, for example, financial advisor, you know, I know three that I would trust to, you know, refer out, but um, it's based on being able to read the client or being able to, you know, read the person that reached out to me to know who they're going to work best with. So, um yeah, it just, it feels really good. Um, like you say, I mean, directly, um, I'm, I might not be in that field, um, but knowing the subject matter experts like yourself, Tracy, right? I know if, if people are looking to a catapult and, you know, grow their business and they need help, I know you're the person to send them to, right? We appreciate that. We always, uh, we always love having businesses uh, who are excited about growing. Give us a call and uh, we'll, we'll take those recommendations. <laughs> Yeah, right. www.teamsandco.com <laughs> for all the, the listeners out there. Um, Scott, I want to touch back on something that you were talking about earlier, uh, and that's understanding your customers. And, and you use the word read your customer. Can you talk to me about how you read a customer, how you understand what their needs are so that you can help understand what's the right solution for that person? So are you going to refer them to somebody? Are you going to tailor a specific uh, uh, insurance package for their unique risk? How do you understand somebody's needs? Yeah, sure. So um, to, talk, to talk specifically, um, just because that's you know much easier and, and, and I think people would much more appreciate that. So take, for example, you know, banking. And another thing I'll say is you don't have to have experience in a particular you know, field um, to be successful at it. So, you know, it's, it's being a fly on the wall first. So when I'd sit down with clients, they might come in with an express need of like, Hey, I need to replace my debit card or, you know, I need to reorder a checkbook. That's the express need, but there's emerging needs. So it's about, you know, asking the questions and really what I prided myself on the most was the unperceived needs, the needs they didn't even know that were there. So, and it all comes down to, you know, asking the right questions, treating everybody the same. 
and just delivering value in every way you possibly can. And I think more importantly, too, is to your point earlier, Tracy, is you've got to accept the fact that you're not always going to be the person, you know, for you have to know of outside solutions. So what I really did is I learned it, what other banks offered that I couldn't offer. And then I was able to, you know, kind of do that more concierge approach. Uh, in fact, you know, if a client, if I couldn't fulfill the solution that that client needed, I would actually call the other bank and have an appointment set up for them rather than them having to leave the bank and then Google, you know, where they could get that. That's awesome. I think that really speaks to kind of going that extra mile for your customers. And, um, you know, I know we've talked about customers a lot and we we could talk about customers all day because we, we love kind of talking about customer discovery and, and all the data that comes along with that. But what has been your experience as a leader in, in leading teams? So as you, you mentioned earlier, kind of how you've tried to train your teams, empower them with tools. That's a big part of the work we do. Obviously, we're very focused on helping leaders make sure their team has the resources and tools and training to be successful. That really drives growth within organizations. So how have you tried to do that as a leader within the organizations that you've worked with? So when it comes to leading people, you know, Tracy, um, one of the things that it took me a long time to kind of grasp this is I thought everybody was motivated the same way. So, you know, I, my employees, I always wanted to see them do incredibly well, you know, better than myself even, but that wasn't right for them. They all didn't care about a six figure salary necessarily. You know, some people enjoy time off. Some people, you know, enjoy making the most amount of money they possibly can. So getting to know your employees is so vital and so crucial. Uh, finding out what their love language is, is what I call it. So yeah, that, that's been the key to leadership. What have you kind of done along the way in terms of, you know, if you have kind of a, a team of people, what are some of the ways that you've helped kind of bring them together, you know, create that common shared goal? I think earlier in our conversation, you, you know, you talk about having that strong why. We, we love talking about that why with teams, right? That, that shared purpose really helps a group of people achieve a common goal. So how have you structured that with your teams in terms of kind of creating that shared purpose, that shared why, and, and then executing on it together? Yeah, well, you know, people have to weigh in before they buy in. So you really have to help people, you know, self-diagnose and really see the value and the why. Um, and it comes down to what are they there for? You know, what are the motivators? I mean, outside of having to show up for work every day, right? And, you know, maybe love in the field that they're in, but you've got to take it a step beyond that. Um, you know, where do they see themselves in three years, five years? You know, some people are content being in the same position, you know, for the rest of their lives. And then some people want more. So, and then being able to coach and cater, you know, to those different things, if you will. Scott, uh, one of the, I, I like how you talk about not just what you do, but sort of the how you do it. And one thing that comes through is uh, it seems as if you operate, and I love the term, and I've mentioned a couple of times in this podcast, but the term confident humility, where you're confident in your abilities to deliver value, to understand a new industry, um, to to work with customers and, and, and help them in ways that they need, but also to do so with a posture of humility and can you talk a little bit about how you think about balancing both confidence and humility for our listeners? Yeah, certainly. So, um, you know, one of the things is knowing the blind spots of, you know, where there's opportunities and, you know, being able to realize that we all possess unique, you know, talent sets and skill sets and being able to best blend those together and, and leverage those from one another. So, you know, I've always been very empowering of the people that work with me. And you've got to trust and, and be able to also accept, you know, failure. Um, one of the things you and I being sports guys, you know, Mike, 
is, you know, I'd rather somebody strike out swinging <laughs> than strike out watching the balls go by. So I think that right. letting your people know when you're leading them that, you know, it's okay if they make a mistake, you know, as long as they try and they give it, put forth, put forth their best foot forward and, and give it their very best effort. So, because if not, if you're not empowering your people or encouraging them to, you know, make executive decisions, you know, or the betterment of the company, you know, a lot of times you'll find your people will surprise you. They long for so much more, you know, but they're only going to do what they think they need to do until they know that you communicate as a leader that, hey, you know, look, because they're on the front lines, you know, oftentimes where we're not, you know, we're kind of behind the scenes. And so they know what our customers want a lot better than oftentimes we know what they want. So I think it's so important to be able to solicit feedback from the people that you lead um, just because, I mean, it's, it's incredible. That's something that we talk about as, a lot as well is establishing feedback loops within your organization to make sure that you as a leader are getting the, the customer information and then also understanding more about your, your team. Can you talk about how you set up processes in your different businesses to, to establish those feedback loops? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we'll talk about the most recent one. So where I helped a, a startup company basically scale. So when I came in, there was no infrastructure. You know, the company had been around for 10 years before it was acquisitioned and there wasn't really any processes in place. I mean, from a technology standpoint, from a, you know, a branded marketing standpoint, and then also just from like what metrics, you know, the people had no idea outside of, you know, hey, for me, for me to make X amount of dollars, I've got to make X amount of sales. But I always like to work things backwards. So if you want to make 10 sales a month, you know, how many client interactions or how many conversations is that going to require? And it comes down to controlling the controllables, Mike. So, you know, when I first came in, you know, I've always been taught that behavior equals results. You know, I, I've seen that time and time again, and boy, does it. Um, so we put behavior metrics in place of, you know, how many doors are you going to go knock on? How many calls are you going to make? How many visits are you going to do? And it's really important that you don't pick the number for them, but you help them, you know, pick their own number, right? Now, it might be an unacceptable number, which that could be a later conversation, but how are you going to commit your people to a goal that you want? You know, again, it comes into the weigh-in, buy-in and everything else. And then it's just that accountability, you know, individually accountable, um, you know, we won as one, but then holding them accountable to the behaviors in which they committed to. And then obviously, if they executed on the play and did what they said they were going to do, then it's, hey, what's not working if we're not achieving the success that we thought we were going to achieve? But, you know, it's always, is it a will or a skill? Um, as long as you have the will, we can always find a way to sharpen the skill. That's, um, I think that yeah. there's so many kind of nice uh, nuggets in there mm -hmm. for our listeners. But the thing that I'm, that's striking me and that I'm kind of replaying in my head is, is that, that, that focus on getting better, right? So yeah, we might set the wrong goal. That's okay. We're humans, right? We, we all make mistakes and we're, we're often in business working on limited information, right? We don't have every single fact or every single piece of information we want. So I love that acceptance of like, hey, you know what? We're all going to weigh in. We might set the wrong goal. And if we don't reach it or we don't set the right ways to get there, we'll revisit that and we'll make a new plan and then we'll get there together again. But that kind of feedback and that kind of continuous process is one that we like to build into teams because things do go wrong, right? Like we've all, we've all experienced that in life and in work. And uh, I think it's an important skill for leaders to have to say, okay, maybe we wanted to get to, to point A or point B and we actually ended up at C. How do we redirect our team? How do we help them get back on track? Uh, and how do we do that together? That's a, that's a great lesson for everybody who's listening. 
Yeah. And to go back to one of your earlier questions there, Mike, too, as far as the humility aspect and everything is, you know, people don't know how much you care until they know how much you care. So you've got to take your people out. You've got to do some team building activities, get to know what's important to them. Um, and then just, you know, over communicate, right. It's very important to have those, you know, feedback loops. I've always thought of it as not, you know, my people working for me, but me working for them, kind of a, a board of directors, if you will, they can vote me out anytime they, they want. And I think another really important thing, and this has really helped me be successful throughout the you know various fields that I've been in, is people really don't care about your resume or your credentials or what you've done in the past. It's about what you're doing now. And so, you know, market to market, you know, where I was in Florida with, the, you know, one company and then came up with the same company, but, you know, they don't care about what I did in Florida. It's, hey, can you do that here? So, you know, really letting mm -hmm. people know that, you know, hey, I'm here to, you always have to still prove yourself, right? Be the hardest worker in the room. Um, and, and just let them know that, Hey, together, we're going to make mistakes and that's okay. Um, so if not, you're going to be really limited with the success that you can achieve as an organization and individually as well. Yeah. That's what we always say. We always say, you know, you can, you can win as an individual, but the, the exponential wins and that bigger gain comes from working as a team. So Scott, you mentioned to us when we were getting started, um, that you had some big things on the horizon and I don't want to miss the opportunity to tell our our listeners about them. So maybe you could share a little bit of what's coming up for you and for your different businesses and endeavors. Yeah, definitely. So one of the things I'm most excited about is, so I've got a podcast actually coming out with uh, Samantha Strezenek and it's going to be, you know, Scott and Straz, we know a guy and it's going to be a really unique concept of podcast and she's a brainchild. So, you know, I can't take any credit for it. But we're going to do two podcasts a month. And the only way to be on the podcast is if we've personally done business with you. So if we haven't personally done business with you, then you're not going to be a guest of a show. You can still be a sponsor, but I, I think that's going to be a lot of um, you know, great content for people and, and just endorsing local businesses. You know, we're both very much of the belief of you know, shop local, support local. So really excited about that. So, so be on the lookout for that. Scott and Straz, we know a guy. And, you know, the other thing is, you know, just um, I've got some really exciting, uh, you know, things to announce that I can't give all the details out now, but kind of through being that, you know, trusted advisor and building the network I have, um, I've been able to really, you know, see that I have a passion for consulting. And, you know, I've recently found a way to kind of monetize that. Um, really, it's my tribe sharing feedback with me of like, Scott, you know, you do such a great job of connecting people anyway. You know, you're able to do it in a way to where, you know, people might not be able to afford the fifty dollars to $150,000 base business development role, but there is ways to still be able to go in and help businesses identify the, bl the blind spots, uh, which is, I think, what my, you know, gift has really become through being in all the different, you know, fields that I've been in. But, um, of course, also, you know, I'm partner and national director of business development with Rockstar Connect. I think you've had an opportunity to attend those, correct, Tracy? Uh, yeah, I did attend one virtually during the uh, during the kind of last year. Yeah. Got it. So uh, the thing to know about Rockstar is we had 120 live events throughout the U.S. and Canada, and then the pandemic hit, and we went down to zero mm -hmm. live events, right? So we're now, now back up to about 35%, um, and people are more craving and in need of that human interaction. So, um, you know, we're starting to very quickly ramp back up to have uh, more and more live events. And then, of course, just, you know, owning my own insurance agency, um, you know, property, casualty, uh, life insurance, just being a risk advisor for the community. So I don't think I have enough things going on. I, tell you, I mean, we're going to have no, we have nowhere to direct people now. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, though, Scott, we'll, um, we'll put all that into our show notes. So if folks want to learn more about Rockstar Connect or about your insurance company, obviously, when the podcast launches, 
share the link and we will we'll share it with our audience. Uh, obviously, they're they're loyal podcast listeners, so hopefully they'll tune in and and hear your show as well. But yeah, we would we would love to share all of that. So folks that are listening, feel free to check out the show notes and you'll have all those details about how to reach Scott or or learn more about any of the uh, news that he's mentioned here. But Scott, that I mean, we we have loved having you and loved chatting with you. Is there anything that you would want to you know make sure our listeners who are you know business owners, business leaders who are growing their teams, empowering their teams, you know, growing their businesses? Anything you want to leave with them as a as a parting note? I just say, you know, I've always prided myself on just connecting people, and you know, I if <laughs> I know a guy, right? I know a guy or know a gal. So if I can't <laughs> help you, I can definitely you know bridge that gap. Um, so yeah, just continue to think of me as a trusted advisor and, you know, I'm always going to do right by people. And, uh, yeah, if I don't know them, I know somebody that does, that's for sure. Well, Scott, thanks so much for, for being on, man. We're, uh, we're excited for your new ventures and we'll certainly be tuning into your new podcast with Sarah. Um, that sounds fantastic. And yeah, we're excited to have you in the building teams community. Um, so Looking forward to continuing that conversation. And for all of our listeners, be sure to give us a thumbs up, a subscribe, a comment, and be sure to refer us to your friends and family and uh, and your coworkers. We're excited to continue to build our network and the relationships that we have. And we're so grateful to have you as part of the, the podcast community. So with that, we will see you next time. Yeah, thanks, you got thanks, it. Everybody. Sounds good. You definitely have my thumbs up and my vote and my endorsement. So <laughs> thank you guys so much for having me as a guest. Really appreciate it. Had a lot of fun with you guys. No, thanks, Scott. We really appreciate your time today. And uh, as Mike said, we, we look forward to future podcasts. You can find us um, where you listen to podcasts or also on YouTube if you want to watch the video versions of all of our podcasts. Uh, and we will see you next week. So thanks, everybody. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Take care. You've been listening to Building Teams with Teams & Co. To learn more about the latest thinking on how to empower your team to deliver exceptional results or to book a consultation, please visit us at teamsandco.com or follow us at LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Mention of particular products or services and participation of a guest does not imply an endorsement by Teams & Co. The information provided is for educational and entertainment purposes and should not be taken as professional advice. 